Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon, if you're hearing it first, or wherever you get your podcasts a day later. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley, Martin and Finn. We're just sitting off here putting the world to rights before we have a chat about wrestling. Just get As we, well listen Kenny, if we were running things, <laughs> I mean can you imagine how much worse everything would be? I know, well, yeah. <laughs> in my in my experience, people who and I include myself in this, people who tend to, you know, think that they know what the, the answers would be if they were put in the scenario probably wouldn't be able to do much better than people <laughs> who are there. But um, exactly. exactly right. anyway, we're not we're luckily we we don't have to make any important decisions. We should get get on a podcast and talk about stuff. Um but I should mention, I, I, you know, as always, I forget these things. On Tuesday, we actually did our 100th edition of What's Going Down. Wow. 100th episode. And, we always miss these anniversaries, Kenny. It's because we're too busy producing the content for people. But people I think, are you know, going to start thinking we're asleep at the wheel, Kenny. Well, in four weeks, that'll be two years. And I do think, you know, because we used to do, uh, you know, just a big personal podcast, but I do think doing the two different ones has allowed us the chance to cover a little bit more stuff, um, you know, because we obviously record one on a Tuesday, one on a Thursday or Friday. So, you know, it, it, it gives us a bit more time because once a week, you can't really get into everything that's going on. Whereas yeah. twice a week, it gives you a little bit of a better chance to tackle stuff. So... 
Uh, yeah, yeah we'll I agree. Show. Yeah, four weeks will be one, two, three, twenty second of December, I believe. There you go. Right before our Christmas break, um, we will uh, we will get to hop on for a, uh, you know maybe a festive edition. Exactly, twenty uh, second of December will be our second anniversary, our Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we should watch something Christmassy for it. Or for what? Yeah, and and maybe you if you if there's something Christmassy you want us to watch, uh, wrestling wise or involving a wrestler. Did you? This this is not rest, uh, Christmas related, but did you know that in 1998 Hulk Hogan made a movie with Grace Jones? I think I did know that. Yeah. I mean, I only I only saw that last week, and it's just <laughs> it, I I don't know how that's escaped me. I mean. I can't think of two other people to be in a movie together. McKinsey's Island, I think it's called. Um, but Grace Jones and Hulk Hogan. I mean, you know, as as times of age, it's even more bizarre. But you know, uh, she she's still with us, Grace Jones. She's yeah, still... yeah, she's she's still touring. Wow. Oh, I know. I know. She was like, she was obviously she did the James Bond film of You to a Kill. She was in that, yeah. and she but she had a big album, didn't she? About maybe eight seven eighty eight. She did. What was it called again? Slave to the Rhythm. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was the one. Yeah. Um. But I mean, she. You know, she's a model. I mean, she. She was. A, she was a big deal. She was. I mean, people my age might know her more from her appearances on So Graham Norton in the early two thousands when she. I guess she kind of came on as like somebody he'd enjoyed growing up, and she was just this absolutely wacky. You know, over the top personality. So she's seventy four. Yeah. I mean, she was famous in the eighties, I think, for appearance on was it Russell Harty? I think was um, chat show host. And did she? I think she ended up slapping him on the show. <laughs> it sounds a bit right. I think that's right. That rings yeah. a bell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Hulk Hogan and Grace Jones. If you, if there's something Christmas related you would like us to to watch or cover for our Christmas uh, slash two year special, then yeah, give us a shout on it. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know where we are. We're not hard to find. That's um, it. We're not watching I, the Christmas Chronicles 2. You know what I mean? We're not watching yeah. through that again. <laughs> I'll hear I'll hear no slander of Goldie Hawn. Um, but I mean the the one thing uh about uh what was I gonna say? Christmas movies, Christmas stuff to watch. It's gone out of my head, it's completely gone. Anyway. Um, let's move on to wrestling. I'm like, talk about rubbish. Oh no! I mean, yeah, what I was going to say was, I said, you know, get in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter. You yeah. know, there's all this. But the other thing was last week. I woke up one day and everyone was going, "Twitter's dead. It's gone. Find me on Hive." I'm like, Twitter's still here. Like, you know, is this to do with the Elon Musk thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Elon Musk, but I mean, I don't really care if he owns Twitter or not. What the, the thing is, it's one of those things, everybody. If 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 you are going off Twitter because Elon Musk owns it, then I hope there's no Amazon Prime subscription. I hope there's no Disney Plus subscription. You know, everything. You know, because it's just if we were to be moral about absolutely everything, we wouldn't be able to leave the house. Or do exactly, anything. we'd be living in a tent. In fact, the tent probably made in another country by people who are paid very poorly. Yeah, you see, you need to make your own tent. Yeah, exactly. Build a bivouac or something in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, hasn't Mark uh, Zuckerberg fired a lot of people from Facebook as well? Uh, 
he probably ha- I've not heard about it, but I'm sure he has. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah, Elon Musk, there was a lot of um, chatter, wasn't there? That he, a lot of people had been sacked, and he offered them new terms and wanted them to work really hard. And if they weren't willing to do so, then there's the door. That was the edict, I believe, right? Yeah, well, I think it was like I think it was like basically he said this is the way we're going to do things. It was going to involve like way longer hours, but yeah. no more money and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, uh, but then but then loads of people left. But I mean, the thing is, they're good. They're going to get more people in. It's as it is. And look, if Twitter becomes different, people will leave it. But I mean, I don't think I saw these people signing up to Hive or whatever a new social media platform. But I don't know. I think Twitter will be fine. I mean, look. I don't, I don't really care if Donald Trump's on it or not. I'm not following him. Well, so. exactly, neither am I. So, I mean, you know, um, it doesn't make any difference to my keep, life. Keep your lunacy over there. But anyway, let's let's talk about some wrestling. Uh, we are we are going to talk about uh, AEW and uh, the the kind of hints to CM Punk last night, so don't worry, we are going to get to it. But before that, let's talk about Raw from this past Monday from Albany, New York. Um, we opened the show with the, 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 the baby face... War Games men's team, Kevin Owens, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre, Brawling Brutes, um, and it ends up with the Judgment Day coming out, and it leads us to a six-man tag with the Brawling Brutes against the Judgment Day, um, with, with the Brawling Brutes getting the win. I will say, I mean, I think, not to say like a broken record, I do still think it's a bit jarring that people from SmackDown are just on Raw with no real explanation as to why. Um, it does kind of make this brand split feel very like hang, hanging together. It's like when remember ten about ten years ago, when they did that thing where they started just calling Raw the Raw Super Show. And yeah, had SmackDown people on it all the time. Um, so it kind of feels a bit like that. There's just because you know it's not like the Judgment Day and the Brawling Brutes are facing off against each other at Survivor Series. Um, you know they're building the match, but there's no explanation as to why they are allowed to be on Raw when they're SmackDown performers. But I guess maybe around Survivor Series time, that just doesn't matter. That's the idea. But what did you make of this opening segment and six-man tag? Yeah, it seems it seems like, you know, the boundaries are lowered. You know, restrictions are lifted. I mean, but there again, you know, they could just mention that, couldn't they? You know, this is the last week. You know, Survivor Series is on Saturday, and that's why they're here to push the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, yeah. I mean, they said to... I mean, Kevin Owens came out. He said he considered Sami Zayn to be like a brother to him, um, you know, which is, I'm sure, going to be brought up on Friday on SmackDown. And also, I think, will play a part in the War Games match at Survivor Series on Saturday. Um, Owens mentioned that he was gunning for Roman Reigns and wanted to take his title or titles because um, it had been nearly, well, it be Royal Rumble, won it? 2021 since they last clashed, Kenny. Nearly two yeah, yeah, years. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre joined him. Then the Judgment Day came out, demanded respect. Uh, Sheamus insulted Bala. And then that led to a six man match Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland versus Finn Bala, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. During the match, the OC walked out because, of course, AJ Styles is meeting Finn Balor at Survivor Series this Saturday in singles match. And Sheamus ended up pinning Dominic after a bro kick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, there was a lot happening here. I mean, uh, KO, Kevin Owens was on commentary um, and he was, you know, came out with a couple of spicy comments there. So, I mean, that was pretty funny. He's always great value for when he, I think, on commentary. Um, and after the match, 
Uh, Kevin Owens dropped uh, Finn Balor with the stunner. So could that lead to something in the future? I mean, possibly. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I suppose this did achieve something. I think the main thing was the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn relationship, which was something that obviously Owens stressed uh, on the mic and then he brought up again on commentary. So, I mean, I think that's going to play a big factor. But this match, you're right, in a sense, it sort of seemed a bit pointless, didn't it? Yeah, because also it's kind of the judgment. They're quite a good faction, so kind of beating them, going to Survivor Series. If they were if they were both in the same brand, I would go, yeah, that's you know fair enough. But I mean, to your point, what what they should have done is open the show and just have Kevin Patrick say, you know, the edicts from the top is that uh, for for this week, Raw and SmackDown stars can be on both shows uh, as it's Survivor Series week. That's it. Yeah. Move on, and then it's there you can, there you yeah. got it open. They could even make that a regular thing, like for Royal Rumble or for the big shows at least. Yeah, yeah, the go home shows for the big four or whatever. Then you, you know, you know that's the time where you know a score can be settled or you can make a build. So, um, so elsewhere in the show we did have a so it gets announced that we're getting Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley in a triple threat match for the US title at Survivor Series. So yes. we have a satellite interview from Rollins, um, and then it turned into Theory. Uh, so- I mean, now Rollins did act a little bit heelish in this promo. And he I did. thought he was on the on the verge of a, <coughs> of a face turn. Same, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure why he acted the way he did because apparently he either is now a face or is about to turn face from from what I understand. Because now um, it feels like we've got, I mean, where this is a bit muddier this week than it was last week and, you know, I mean, this was AEW was saying the same thing. So it's, it's, but I mean... We've kind of got a match with three heels. Yes, moment. exactly. Yeah, Rollins is the champ. Austin Theory is definitely a heel, and so is Lashley. Mm-hmm. So I don't so, really get it. And I think if you're, even if you're not going to turn Rollins fully, like even if it's like they've made a decision not to, I think it would have been smart to have him be the babyface of this three-way for the two weeks to get to yeah. it. Yeah, in in a sense, I don't think it's. I think people will support Rollins in the match. Because people have grown fond of Rollins. They like chanting his music. And I think he will be viewed as the face in this three-way on Saturday. And I think it'll be laid out in a way that, you know, Rollins will be the one who's having to fight both of them. And they'll be ganging up on on Rollins before Theory and Lashley inevitably fight each other. So I don't think it's going to harm the match. But it still was a bit perplexing that Rollins wasn't more, you know, it wasn't more pronounced and it wasn't more... You know, amplified the the fact that he was he is now a face or was supposed to be a face. Yeah, I just think it would it would make the match stronger if there's a clear clear baby face. And with Rollins reminding us that he took out Cody Rhodes, it's a bit harder to get in that mindset. But we'll we'll get there at the weekend. Uh, Austin Theory defeated Mustafa Ali. Another loss for Ali, but Finn give us the optimism for Mustafa. Well, Ali was there, he was still selling the ribs. You know, he's I mean, what a sell job on those ribs. Um, Theory won with their town down. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Theory had to win. Yeah. I mean, I'm predicting that Theory is going to capture the US title this Saturday at Survivor Series. Might be wrong about that one, but I think I think Saturday's his night. Well, he so, he he stood up to. I mean, because Lashley comes out afterwards, and he actually yeah. stands up to Lashley. You know, which yes. is not what he would have done before, and he actually makes mention of you know that kid from before is dead. You know, he's gone. Yeah. Well, he did flee from Lashley in the end, though, didn't he, Kenny? 
Yeah, he did if, do if, a runner. He did do a runner heel, backstage. If you're a heel, you're still going to do the runner at yeah. one point. Um, but I mean, you're and a, then backstage, he went through the curtain, and uh, poor Ali's there, all beaten up, suffering, sat in a chair, trying to catch his breath. And Theory grabbed him and used him as a human shield, hurled him at Lashley, you know, so that he could make his escape and Lashley would be preoccupied by beating up Ali again, which he did. So Ali took another beating. But this is all leading somewhere. <laughs> mark my words. Mark my words. Oh, there, is a, there is a purpose to all these beatings of Ali. Yeah. And well, something's yeah, going to happen. I don't know when, but it's. I would say within the next two weeks. Okay. There's a there's a pot of something. We're, we're, we're a bit of loggerheads of whether it's going to be gold or not. But there's, there's something... If something I mean, hasn't I, happened within two weeks. I can't wait to see. I, I mean, send me that humble pie, and I'll be, I, I'll be, I'll be tucking in again. I can't wait to see what the end game is to this uh, constant beat up of Ali. But we'll see if yeah. we'll see if it does come some the heel turn or whatever. I mean, that humble pie, Kenny, it tastes awful, doesn't it? But occasionally, you've just worst. you've got to eat it. You know, yeah. you just it's just you've just got to chow down. Uh, we did see Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin have a WrestleMania rematch. Um, JBL even made a joke about Scotland not making the World Cup, which was, you know, just out of line, if you ask me. Um, I did bring this up the other week, actually, about the World Cup. And I said, well, is it starting a week on Sunday? And you was like, oh, I don't really know. And then I realised why you weren't interested, because Scotland are in it. <laughs> well, also, the thing, is, the thing is, look, I I also would really, to be honest with you, prefer the World Cup wasn't in Qatar. But, you know, that's just me. But nobody wants a World Cup in November. No. It's just not. Like, the World Cup should be in the summer. Part of the sale of the World Cup is that you can go to a pub and sit in a beer garden. You can go out or whatever. Nobody's, I mean, most people I know in November go into hibernation mode. You know, it gets dark at 4 o'clock. You you end up just kind of putting putting the lights on at 4.30. The curtains are getting drawn a little bit earlier. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not peak interest time for the World Cup. And then, obviously, you've got all the stuff surrounding it, which is not making it feel, it doesn't feel like a great World Cup this time. But No, no, though, England did a uh, pretty good win for England on Monday. Well, they hammered Iran, didn't they? 6-2. And now they play in the, I think they're playing the USA tomorrow. I mean, England, what a lucky draw. I don't know much about football, but it's England-USA. Mm-hmm. I mean, England should win that one. And then England-Wales. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, residents of Wales, but I think England's <laughs> going to win that one. I mean, look, there is a, when you're not English, right? And I mean, this is no disrespect to the English. I live with an Englishman, and I podcast with you twice a week, Finn. But there is something glorious about whenever England are playing a tournament, and there's inevitably either a new version of Three Lions that comes out or <laughs> a remix, and it's you know it's just unbearable for a few weeks, and then they never win. And they sometimes get really close and yeah. it almost comes home. And that's part of the joy is to watch it almost come home. <laughs> but not totally. This, this is the politics of envy, isn't it? This. <laughs> but also, the thing I love the most is because last year, remember when Scotland played England in the Euros? Uh, the yes. Euros we talked about this at the time, didn't yeah. we? And the Scottish fans w- went down to England and then brought covid back to scotland (laughs) but it was nil nil right which and it was a really boring game where nothing happened or whatever and scotland celebrated like they won the world cup (laughs) they drew against england and that that is basically the epitome of being scottish you celebrate your mediocrity 
You, you... Well, you said it, Kenny, not me. <laughs> anyway, Drew McIntyre gets a win over Baron Corbin here. It took 18 minutes of our life. Oh, it's flat. How flat was this match? And then we had almost the like Baron Corbin's not a dynamic performer in this gimmick. I mean, it's already failed, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It just has already flopped. Yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, JBL apparently believes in Corbin and that's why he came out with re- retirement to support him. I mean, it just tells you all you need to know about. He's JBL. on Booker T levels of delusion. Yeah, JBL's ability to pick winners. You know, so, and then Tazawa appeared at ringside to distract JBL and stole his hat and. Now, I also, I like Tazawa, right? I do like him. But there's, and, and, and this might sound like I'm just virtue signal, signaling here, there's, an, there's still an undertone of something uncomfortable about how he's presented. He's presented a bit like a 70s sidekick type. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got, you know, fl- we're having flashbacks to Kayentai here, aren't we? Yeah, Kayentai I mean, from the 90s. Didn't Taka have a Taka Mishinoku have a he had a little run there with JBL, didn't he? He did, yeah, where he was like his pal and you know he couldn't speak English, so Bradshaw would be taking him around town. Well it was um, it was just Bradshaw then, not yeah, JBL. Yeah. But I mean yeah, yeah, so it's just it's just there's undertones that don't make me feel particularly comfortable. But anyway. Yeah. I, I know what you mean, and and it's just he's just there as a, a comedy sidekick, isn't he? Yeah, which That's we should be is. past that by now. It's twenty twenty two. Let's let's if you're gonna have a, a performer from that part of the world, maybe try it would be fine if you had one performer from that part of the world who doesn't have the stereotypes of, of being a sidekick. But Yeah, I mean it's just he's in the comic relief role, isn't he? Yeah. And um, it's just like I mean, I remember years ago doing the PS fifty uh-huh. and Tazawa when he worked for Dragon Gate was a really top line performer. It's tremendous. His picture appeared in Power Slam many times. And then he joined WWE and all that good work was undone almost immediately. <laughs> and um, I just, yeah, I, I think it's a real shame. It's so long since he's been a credible performer that it's hard to remember when he when he was. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, we also, before the main event, we had Bianca, Asuka and Alexa Bliss uh, doing a promo. And then Bianca basically tells everyone, You'll find out who our partner is on SmackDown, which the crowd did not like. Um, <laughs> uh, which also, us... also, she referred to uh, Mia uh, Yim as uh, is now called Michin. 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 Although I will do that. Apparently, that was changed on WWE's Superstars page and has now been changed back. Oh. Maybe people don't think <laughs> the pronunciation of that is going to go very well. Because mm. although it is Michin, I don't think people are going to say all that. I think people are going to end up. It's 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 not it's not going to work with uh you know uh I I, I don't, so I think they're going to keep her as Mia. Yeah, maybe that'd be her nickname. Maybe. But, yeah. Um, we had Rhea Ripley and Asuka in the main event though for the War Games Advantage, and Rhea Ripley was the one who got the win here over Asuka with the Riptide. And um, I, I mean, I I enjoyed parts of the match. I thought that the I, I liked how uh, Bianca and, and Alexa and Mia Yim actually sold the gravitas of Rhea Ripley winning and how that hurts them. So, um, yeah, I actually thought this was pretty good. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it just felt like there was a lot of stalling and I just felt like the match should have been 
faster and he should have gained more momentum than he did. I think by the end, I, I like the way it was put together. The structure of it, you know, was was okay. But I just feel like um, they should have just it should have just been at fought at a, a brisker pace than it was. Um, the audience did finally get into it uh, by the end when Damage Control came out and Bliss and Bianca Belair came out and there's a big fight at ringside. Um, yeah, I was expecting more from it, from Honest Kenny. So, um, yeah. I go. mean, they're obviously very talented, Ripley and Asuka. You're a big fan of, of both of them. But I, I really felt like they should have delivered more. Uh, well, listen, let's move on uh, to AEW. So, obviously, they had their, their big post-Full uh, Gear show last night. And the two big talking points coming out of it, number one is we opened the show with William Regal to let us know that uh, MJF would not be on the show because I believe he's on the set of that movie, right, where he's playing one of the Von Erics. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, that's Zac Efron's in the lead, isn't he? Yes. And who, who what Von Erich has it he's playing? He's playing... Uh, Lance Von Eric. Ah, okay. He was the fake Von Eric. Well, none of them were really called Von Eric, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but he's playing the, he's playing the quote-unquote fake Von Eric. Um, yes. So, yeah, so uh, Regal comes out and he basically says, you know, I'm just not going to be here, he'll be here next week. And then Moxley comes out and Moxley's basically ready to absolutely batter Regal. And then right before he can get to him, Danielson comes out and he sort of gets in between them and tries to say, look, you know, I know you're mad at him. Uh, I get it, but please don't hurt him. Because if you do, you know, you can, you know, he's got a broken neck. Blah, blah. Um, and Moxley basically tells him to get out and, you know, get out for his own good and go away now. Um, so it was quite a dramatic segment. But what did you make of, uh, of this as the kind of teaser of what's going to be happening before MGF comes back next week? Um, I mean, I would have liked to have seen MGF on the show. I mean, I think that was a, a huge miscue, a huge blunder by AEW that the guy who you know waited so long to become champ won the belt at full gear on Saturday and then wasn't on the show. I mean, he should have recorded something and that could have played. It wasn't even a recording of MGF, right? Yeah, you, you would have thought they would have recorded something to kind of be like, you know, here, you know, because he, he could even play into it by, you know, have him record something from the movie set and have exactly. him be like, I'm too big time to be there in Chicago. You know, I've been in Chicago before, it stinks or whatever. You know, there's ways yeah. for him to do something. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, you know, this is why people tuned into the show. I mean, after last week's rating, I mean, presumably this week's Dynamite will have drawn, will have drawn a larger number than last week's i'm sure it will have done because it's a post full full gear episode but i'm sure a lot of people who tuned in left bitterly disappointed that the man that they tuned in to see wasn't on the show and wasn't even a recording from him so i thought that was really weak um i mean i thought the angle was i mean it made sense that moxley would want to confront regal because regal had passed the brass nooks to mgf with which mgf had clobbered moxley and then scored the pin and become champ and I think Danielson coming out, that made sense as well. I mean, Danielson has been hinting at a heel turn for a while. So it does feel like Danielson's going to split from Moxley and join Regal's camp and become an ally of MJF. So, I mean, that's quite interesting proposition, isn't it? Danielson and MJF being on the same team. Yeah, so- I actually I actually thought, I mean, I'm with you about the, the MJF thing. I was disappointed to not see him, but I actually thought the segment overall was, was a really good kind of placeholder for you know 
because because you had because Moxley had to want to kill Regal straight away. That had to be what yeah. happened. And then Dan- Danielson mentioned the bleeds on the brain and the neck injury, and that if you attack him, then you could kill him or be catastrophic consequences. So you cannot touch him. So it was good that Danielson pointed that out. You know, so that made sense. Yeah, and I th- and I, and I, look, this is going to sound like a dig, and I really don't mean it to be. I think that the reason sometimes that like you know maybe the elite stuff doesn't work for somebody like me is that when I watch something like this with these three. I'm very like on edge because it's very very intense, and it's and these performers, you know, you you believe that Moxley wants to kill him because he cost him his belt. Like you believe that what that character is doing, and you believe the Danielson character. And I think believing in characters, it for some people is what really hooks them on wrestling. So oh yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's character driven. Of course it is, and that, I mean, and that's, and that's what I think for for us especially. That's the kind of thing that that really gets you. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, I mean, look at Sami Zayn stuff on SmackDown. This is all character driven. His interactions with the Bloodline members. The matches, in a sense, are irrelevant. I mean, when someone loses, that only enhance, you know, after a loss, after someone member of the Bloodline loses because of some type of, you know, blow up or disagreement between Jay and Sami Zayn, usually. You're not really interested in the next match. You're interested in the next interaction, the next argument between Jay and Sammy and how Roman's going to react to it. It's character-driven. It always has been wrestling. It's all about your characters. Um, see, I mean, it was it was a really good segment with what they had to work with, but I think we could have got a, a pre-recorded thing from MGS. So also the, the clever thing they didn't do was they didn't give Regal's explanation yet. So you got to wait for that as well. So at least they're, they're giving you a reason to, to tune in next week. Um, yeah. Elsewhere on the show, there was match two of the Elite and Death Triangle series. Um, but the big talking point coming out of it was some spots that were in that match. Where the, So earlier on the day, let's give some context to it. Kenny Omega had done an interview with Sports Illustrated. And he said this about the all-out situation. He said, there are things no one can talk about, so I'd encourage people to let it go. It doesn't change what we want. It doesn't change that we want a team effort in AEW. I don't even mean explicit, implicitly myself and my opponent. It also means the referee, the fans, the people who set up the ring, everyone. Even a technical error can ruin the memory of a match. I can refer back to the exploding barbed wire death match, so I encourage people to move away from it because there is no information to be released. Um, the, and, he, and he goes on to say, the day after the pay-per-view, I was absolutely devastated by the loss of, uh, of, of Jason David Frank. Um, he's one of my childhood heroes that evening there was a mass shooting at an LGBTQ club where five people died it's absolutely terrible after such tragedy it puts everything in perspective this isn't Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against CM Punk it's people trying to show off their craft you can boot Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or CM Punk but I hope people don't forget we're human beings struggling to show our art I mean you can almost hear Jim Cornette with that last sentence you know having a field day with, with, with that but I mean you know, he's yeah. saying stuff about you know real life stuff that went on, um, and then that night on Dynamite last night we have him biting somebody during the match. We've got Matt Jackson basically doing the the buckshot lariat spot that CM Punk missed when he did it. I mean, and now you know the, you're almost thinking, did they do that? Just was the idea we'll get them to do that just so they can be heels in Chicago because we know they're going to get booed, or have they somehow come to some agreement with CM Punk? What do you think these spots in the match mean? If anything, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, the thing about it is, we've talked a lot about this. 
And is CM could CM Punk return to AEW? It seems unthinkable. It seems inconceivable. But if you were to do so, it's not going to happen for what another four months or so, March maybe. Mm-hmm. So by then, could they have rectified this? Beef between the two sides, possibly. I mean, that could be the outcome of all this. It does seem, it does seem improbable at this time. But I mean, stranger things have happened in pro wrestling. I mean, it did. It's really hard to know, isn't it? It's really hard to know what's going to happen here. I mean, does CM Punk want to return or not? I mean, I don't think he does. But, I mean, maybe in four months, he, his opinion might have changed, and maybe he'll be, he'll miss you. Maybe. He'll be willing to work with these people again. I don't know. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, there's going to be endless amounts of text written about this and podcast time dedicated to this great unknown, this big question mark of can they, you know, put their differences aside and work together for the good of the business? I mean, to me, can a CM Punk versus Omega and CM Punk versus Young Bucks match really work in the ring? I mean, I'm not sure if it can. Because the they, styles they, are so different. Yeah, will they meet halfway? Will they? Will they? Will there be a compromise there to, you know, because you're you're not going to see CM Punk do a Young Bucks match. No, and you're probably not going to see the Young Bucks do a CM Punk match. So you'd have to find a way to appease both, which seems quite a hard task. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Young Bucks are really very good on promos, and I don't think Omega is either. So I'm not quite sure how the promo battle would work. I mean, would Don Callis be involved? I mean, they'd have to do the big promos. Um, who would be the villain and who would be the babyface? I mean, I guess that would depend on the location. But I mean, we we heard what happened at Full Gear last Saturday and the audience were very much against CM Punk. I mean, this was Chicago, so the audience were going to have a you know different view, weren't they, in, in yeah. Punk's home, home city, his hometown. So... I'm not really sure how it would work. And I think there's there's so much bad blood. And I think the, the trust has gone as well over what happened. And we don't need to go over that again. But I'm not sure how you're really going to rebuild that trust. And the whole stuff with Cabana, we know that's real. And, you know, that was, you know, very deep. The wounds there, see how they can ever heal between Punk and Cabana you know, and Cabana's obviously got his allies in AEW. So, I mean, it's a romantic, you know, idea. You know, it's a romantic notion. Oh, yes, they can come together and make this work and, oh, they'll all make money out of it. But I'm not sure if it would really be that good, even if they were able to work it out. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, to me, the the, the whole thing from last night, the, it feels that like there's one or two things happening. It feels like either... The, the door is completely closed. He's not coming back. They know he's not coming back. So they're just thinking, you know, screw yeah, it. Yeah, Let, let's work this into match. Let's troll the fans. Let's you know, we're, get we're going to be heels there anyway. We're going to be heels yeah. in Chicago. I mean, let's play it up for, for the Yeah, night. let's get people talking and yeah. speculating that this could happen, which would be good for business. But it's to me, it just... I just think it would be very difficult for them all to be together again because how would you rebuild that trust? Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, you could do it, but I think it would be really tricky. And it would, I mean, look at Sean and Brett. Obviously, after their fight in June 97, more like a little scuffle, Sean walked out. Then he came back. 
and they they were they were able to work together again but it was very tense it was very strained and we saw how it ended at survivor series in 97 so i mean it was never they could never quite reconcile they could never really bury the hatchet smoke the peace pipe or whatever they weren't ever really able to resolve it because you know the the animosity ran so deep and i think after everything that was said at the post all out media scrum uh, and everything that was done backstage as well and people losing the jobs over it and you know this big hoo-ha and this investigation i mean yeah, maybe they could sort it out but i think it would still be very difficult and there would always be it wouldn't it wouldn't take much to trigger a, a recurrence would it kenny of, no. a, of the same situation all it would take is somebody being out of position or someone slightly overstepping the mark or someone doing something that wasn't agreed and we'll be back to square one yeah and you know i could i mean like I, to me there's one there's only one or two scenarios here either they've, they've given up hope that he's coming back and they're just you know tony can said right yeah just you know do some trolling because you're going to get booed anyway or there's an agreement that he is going to come back what i don't think i don't think they're doing this in the hope that this is going to make him come back because if that's the case he is not going to, from everything that you read about him or have heard about him, he's not someone who's going to respond to that. He's not going to respond to being sort of cajoled into doing something. Exactly. So. That's it. I mean, I don't really feel like he's a he's a mark for it. There would have to be an agreement there. Maybe an agreement has been reached. But I mean, yeah, people just... It's certainly, know, getting, it's certainly got people talking, so we'll see. Yeah, pe- you know, people getting giddy about the prospect of Punk versus the Books and Omega. I mean, I just think if you've not got punk, if punk has not agreed to come back, yeah, in my mind, it's just a kind of a. It's like I remember after Survivor Series '97, and for a month, the TV was about Bret Hart. The whole yeah, night. I remember thinking it was so dumb because it's like you're just doing this thing where you're not going to give the people Bret Hart at all, but you just keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And with punk, it's like if you're not going to give the the Chicago crowd CM Punk, then don't sort of tease them a little bit they're going to get it because Chicago is one of AEW's best markets and I wouldn't be wanting to I would not be wanting to mess with that no but I mean if Punk you know just finally Punk were to return and be under the same roof in the same company the same locker room uh, or an adjacent locker room to Young Bucks and Kenny Omega I just think it would be a powder keg situation that could be just sparked off by any little thing and as we've seen Tony Khan it's not really that much of a diplomat in these situations. He's not somebody who's running things with an iron hand. So, I mean, it could happen, but I just think, I think it would be a very tricky situation to negotiate um, if he were to return and they were to have, you know, an in-ring feud and, you know, were to, because let's face it, if they were going to, if they were going to build this up as a feud, They'd have to go out there and say some pretty unpleasant things about each other on the on the mic, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. This is not thought, something you can just, you know, this you, this would almost need to be like a pseudo shoot thing. Yeah, and we saw how Punk reacted to Hangman Adam Page crossing the line prior to the double or nothing match. That then led to, well, we don't need to, you know, what it led to. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, I will say there there has been a, a story out this morning from the Observer that. Uh, that Punk's camp are not happy about this, which, you know, could either be code for, you know, they're putting out there because there's something's been agreed to or he's just not happy about it. So one of them yeah. two. Anyway, 
Listen, that's all the time we've got for this week. We'll be back next week with more. We'll be reviewing Survivor Series War Games on what's going down next week. Um, but Patreon is the best place you can keep in touch with us. Support us over there at patreon.com forward slash inside the rope. So then I hope you enjoy your weekend. Yes, well, I'll be um, I'll be working this weekend, Kenny, but I'll have a little bit of time off. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend. You got anything exciting planned? Uh, I'm having a couple of people round for Survivor Series on Saturday night, so that should be fun. Um, and yeah, that's that's. And I'm going to a drag show tomorrow night at the Armadillo in Glasgow. So there you go. That's that's me. Fantastic. And but we will be back on Tuesday, and we will be uh, we'll have loads to talk about. I am sure. So I want to thank you for all your support, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria algae body oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.